0: people. You know what time it is. But ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Because it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah.
1: everybody and welcome to Smut Club with Chelsea and Hannah. Hi. Hi friends we're so glad you're here. Um, We were having a conversation recently about wanting to give you a name other than friends so we were kind of going between like Smut Puppies and Smut Sluts.
2: Yeah my husband's vote is for Smut Sluts.
1: Maybe we could just do like a variety between them Mm. or like a scale. Like, maybe, like, smut puppy. is like you've dipped your toe in. And then you're a slut pup. Yes. And then you're a smut slut. Yes. yes. You guys let us know. Let us know if you want to be called any of those <laughs> because consent is important. And, and we, it matters. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, names are also important, and we don't want to give you a name you
2: hate. Honestly, my husband's just really excited about shirts that say smut slut on them and have— uh flowers and shit in his words on them
1: it fe- like smut slut feels to me like something that you would find in an in an adult coloring book <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by some flowers yeah i could see that i had this really sweet coworker in nashville i actually had a lot of very sweet coworkers but one of the funniest things i ever saw was one like I adore her. She curses like a sailor. Every every word out of her mouth is a swear word. And so another really, really sweet coworker was like, oh, yeah, I got you an adult coloring book that I saw and, like, gives her this, like, swear word coloring book. And then she's like, I got myself one as well. And the one she got for herself was, like, Bible verses <laughs> and, like, doves and crosses. And we're like, were you trying to send a message? It's Aww. very sweet. Is it It really was. Oh, okay. No, it was. But we were sitting there. I just remember walking in and the girl who swore a lot, she's like, can you see the difference between the two? <laughs> and I was like, listen, y'all are both in church every Sunday. Live your lives. Yeah, you do. You do your thing. I don't think God gives a shit about your colorful language if I'm being so completely either. truthful. Yeah.
2: I mean, not to get into a theological debate about it, but I feel like he has bigger fish to fry.
1: To multiply, you mean. Bigger fish to multiply. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if everyone will find that joke funny. That is a very uh, on-the-nose loaves and fishes joke. And also, I wouldn't say that's um, that's the same sort of on-the-nose as the rest of the podcast. No, this is a different sort of on-the-nose. Um, We're not afraid to fully send it in any direction.
2: No, we will follow where the smut takes us, ultimately.
1: Well, and so Hannah has um, read read a book where the smut is taking us on a very interesting journey. I haven't had a chance to read this yet, but when she texts me and she's like, this is the title of the book, I was like, holy shit. Please read it ASAP and report back.
2: (laughs) Yes. So the title of this book is That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. Um, It is by Kimberly Lemming. This is her debut
1: book. What a title for your debut.
2: I know. Um and I just want to preface by saying I genuinely enjoyed this book. I don't know if it's actually any good, but I did actually really really enjoy it. It had some very funny moments.
1: <laughs> I just I just want to pause you. I don't know if it's any good, but I did enjoy it.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, We'll get to the actual review critique Beauties later. In the eye of the
1: beholder. Yeah,
2: I enjoyed it. I read this book while I was on vacation, which is relevant because I don't normally drink very much. Um, however, when I was outlining this book, I was mostly intoxicated. So we'll see what happens.
1: I'm excited for the journey we're about to go on.
2: So, okay. So a couple of things. Our main character, her name is Cinnamon. Um, for some unknown reason that I am not going to explore right now, in my notes she is referred to only as our girl Cinnabon. <laughs> that's that's how I chose to.
1: Uh, Did you want yeah. a Cinnabon? I don't probably. And then who like. I, I think Cinnabon always sounds delicious. And then I get two bites in and I'm like, I've hit my sugar quota. Yeah,
2: it's a little much. But so then, we have
1: our girl Cinnabon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We have Cinnabon. And then we have um the 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 guy, our main guy, his name is Fallon. And for some unknown reason, I immediately thought of Jimmy Fallon and then only referred to him as Jimmy in my notes. <laughs>
1: Is Jimmy Fallon who you pictured the entire time? Not even a little bit. Okay. So we just took the name, ditched the rest. Yep. Incredible. So. So we got Cinnabon and Jimmy. Yep. 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 Who
2: are Cinnamon and Fallon in the book. Um So the reason I found this book, it was reviewed a few times on TikTok. And I had been thinking, I was like, you know what? I don't think I have read very many um, authors of color lately with smut. And I know that exists. So I started looking for it. And that's how I came upon that time I got drunk and saved a demon.
1: So I'm so stoked for this.
2: So here we go. So... We open at a village festival party situation. Our girl Cinnabon is super drunk. Um, They are celebrating um, sending off one of the village girls who was chosen by their goddess to go fight demons. So in this universe, there is a goddess, and she, centuries ago, drove the demons out of this land and protects it but every 15 years she chooses four individuals to go and protect the gate because apparently the gate weakens every 15 years so she chooses four humans to go protect the gate from the demons and
1: just okay so it's not like you like get this appointment and you are now the gatekeeper for 15 years it's like every 15 years there's a window of time where the right. gate weakens and we need to protect it and then Once that window has passed, we get to go back. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect.
2: Right, and so um, cinnamon has no interest in being selected, none whatsoever. She's super clear about it. She's like, um, hard pass on that adventure. I am very happy. She is a spice farmer. She is very happy with her family spice farm. In her little village, she has no desire to go on this kind of adventure. And so after the selection is made, she and her best friend decide to dye their hair bright pink um, because they didn't want to draw attention to themselves prior to the selection. They were trying to, like, blend in. Um, So the selection has been made. It's this girl that everybody kind of hates, and she's super full of herself. And so the village is like— hell yeah, you go be a hero, babe. We're super happy for you. <laughs> um, and so they're dancing, they're singing, they're having a great time. And um, she goes to, she decides she needs cheese um, because she's very drunk. And so she kind of stumbles over to her best friend, um, her stand that she has at this festival. Her best friend's name is Bree and she is a cheese maker.
1: I fucking
2: love this so much. And (laughs) it's called out in the book. Cinnamon is like, yeah, Bree's mom thought she was super clever with that one, although my mom named me Cinnamon and we're spice farmers, so I guess I won't judge. Um, And the language in this, even though it's very much fantasy, is super modern. Like, she says sus at one point and, like, calls people bitches. Like, it's very... Mm -hmm. Very modern language. Um, And in some of the reviews, some people hated that. They were like, I couldn't get into the story. Like, I couldn't get into the fantasy. And I was like, maybe you just have a bad imagination because I liked it. So anyway. um, So their opinions
1: are also based off of your experience? 100%. Okay, perfect. Just making sure I understand.
2: Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. And so then she's eating cheese, as one does, And there's some kind of explosion, like, in the distance near her family farm, like, in that direction. And um, everybody just kind of stops. And then they're like, hey, our village hero is already fighting demons. Way to go, babe. And then they just start up the party again. They're like, eh, whatever. And they keep going. So she decides she's going to walk home. Her best friend is like, honey, you have had— too much wine, and you need to go home. Okay? Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Was her friend making sure someone got her there safely, or was her friend just like, no. you should go home because you're trashed?
2: Yeah, she's like, you You should just walk home. Because apparently this is something she does regularly. This is a very mm. safe village. You know, famous last words. So, she's walking home. She's going through the forest. And there is an attempted robbery um, by— some guy who has his face covered and he's like, give me your coins, wench. And she is like, wench, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, who do you think you are? Like, are you a pirate? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like she is not, she does not feel threatened by this robber who has a hammer. And he's like, give me your cloak then, like whatever, you know? And she's like, I don't think it will fit you although the sunflowers could really bring out the blue in your eyes, like, I don't think my cloak is going to work for you. He's like, I'll give it to my girlfriend. And then she realizes that this is one of, like, the village assholes. And so she's like, I don't remember his name, but she's basically like, listen, Johnny, I know you don't have a girlfriend. Mm. Go away. Like, you're not scaring me right now.
1: Um, I was going to go with Trevor. Trevor. I just reason. was making
2: shit up. Yeah, I don't remember his name because it's not but really important. When you're
1: like, when you said douche, I was like, what's a random like douche name? <laughs> douche name. Trevor. Yeah. And then I landed on treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor. Not treasure. Guys, anyway. I, I'm only one glass of wine in. <laughs> like there's there's literally no normally excuse. zero excuse for my blunders outside of just me. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. So Trevor or Johnny. Whoever. Johnny Trevor, the town douche, she tells him to fuck off.
2: Yeah, and he has several brothers. They're well-known in the village for just kind of running wild and being idiots. And so she then chases him through the trees. She's like, you think you're going to rob me? I think you're you're wrong. And so she is very drunk and is like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of this guy. And so she chases him through the trees, and then she starts to hear this groaning sound. And she's like, that's really weird. And so she goes to investigate, and she finds that the the explosion that they heard was some kind of rock slide, and someone is trapped in the rock slide. So she is like, oh, shit, let me dig this guy out. So she starts digging, starts to, like, get the guy out, and she's like, this motherfucker is huge. Like, this is the largest man I've ever seen in my life but I don't recognize him from the village. He must be traveling from somewhere else. I hope he's okay. So she's like trying to check on him. And then it turns out he's a demon. And he's like, um, you should run from me right now. Um, And she's like, why? And he goes, because it's very bad form to eat your rescuer. And that's where we're at. So you should run. And she's like, huh, okay. So she takes off. So she starts running through her family's cinnamon fields. Um, and he catches her at one point and starts choking her. He's like attacking her. And she reaches for a cinnamon branch and like smacks him in the face with it and is able to get away. And so she runs away and barricades herself in her parents' house. Um, and she's like telling her family, like, there's a demon. There's a demon. And they're like, babe, you're drunk. Go to sleep. So she's, like, barricading the door in her parents' house. So they have this big family farm, and she has two brothers as well. And so they all have houses on the farm and have their own sort of plots of land Mm -hmm. on the farm. So she's in her parents' house, even though her house is further away. Um, And so she goes to sleep, um, and everybody's like, you're fine calm down. So yeah, she like wakes up she gets up.
1: drunk so often. Yeah, she does. Okay.
2: Um so she goes to sleep, wakes up hungover, she decides to have breakfast with her family. There's a lot of really funny like sibling exchange. Um their mom is super hard ass and the one brother is really dramatic. It's it's just very funny kind of exchange. Um and um they're like oh yeah that demon last night ha <laughs> ha and she's like yeah okay and then he just appears in the doorway the demon like appears in the doorway like inside the house mm-hmm. okay well like like the interior like the door to go inside okay yeah um and he the the brothers and the dad they get up like they're going to attack um to protect her and the demon throws her brother chili they all have spice names throws her brother and genuinely I don't remember if that's his actual name or if that shit I made up but that's what's in my notes <laughs> um she, he throws chili across the room and then he's like y'all I'm not here to fight I'm not here to hurt anybody like let's just all have a seat he has retractable horns so he retracts the horns and then sits down
1: so this might be something we'll get to in the future, but just my my curiosity now. Mm-hmm. Um, when he retracts the horns, does he just, like, look like a normal human?
2: Just really big. Okay. Yeah. So, and he didn't have his horns out when she found him initially. Okay. So she thought he was human at first. So um, he retracts the horns. He sits down to have breakfast with the family. Her mom is just, like, super excited to be feeding someone. Um, And we'll get into this later, but this um, is—it seems to be very heavily influenced by Southern culture and, like, hospitality and stuff. And so the mom is just, like, super happy to have somebody to feed. She's like, all right, have a seat, babe. Like, let's do this thing. Um, And so all the brothers are like, what the fuck is happening? And he says his name is Fallon, also known as Jimmy. And then um, he explains that their goddess is actually an undead witch who enslaved all of the demons so and controls them. So they are not actually as violent as people think mm. that they are. Um, and they're not as mindless as people think that they are, but it's this witch cast a spell over them um, because she apparently sacrificed several demon children to achieve immortality. And so when the demons tried to avenge that, she did something and now she controls them. And then um, apparently the cinnamon that she hit him in the face with broke the spell. Like something about the cinnamon like negated Mm -hmm. it. So he had this amulet that was protecting him, but the closer that he got to the village, um, to her temple, the less effective the amulet was. And so he kind of lost it when the rock slide happened, and then he came to with the cinnamon. So um, he tells—
1: uh, I love—here's my favorite thing about a good, like, paranormal universe is you can just, like, you set whatever, whatever you fucking want. rules you want.
2: Whatever you want whatever you want. And, um, she will continue to do so. So, um, he tells Cinnamon that, um, they're like, we don't know if we believe you. Like we were raised to believe that this is our goddess, that she protects us from demons. Like, I don't know about all that. And he's like, okay, you know what? You don't have to believe me. I just want you to take this amulet and throw it past the the protective force field around the temple and just see what happens, right? Um and he's like and then if what I think is going to happen happens, destroy the goddess's chalice that's in the thing um because that houses her soul, it's her power center or some shit. So destroy the chalice. Um and then if you do this, um I will uh Protect the entire village. Like, it will be under my protection from this point forward. If you don't, then I am going to— He had, like, a pack of cinnamon that he was keeping on him to continue to negate the spell. He was like, I'll just get rid of the cinnamon and go full demon boy on all of you guys. So the choice
1: is yours. Um, So he is like, we're good. You can trust us. Believe me. Try this. And if you don't, I'm just going to kill you. Okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. just making sure I'm understanding properly. Like,
2: if you do, I'm going to protect the whole village. Your family is under my protection. And if you don't, you can all die anyway.
1: Also, like, nothing sounds that hard about keeping a satchel of cinnamon on your person.
2: No, it does not. So— uh, our girl goes, and she throws the amulet, and this, like, black sludge and blood starts, like, bubbling up from the floor and, like, coating the walls. And and the demon couldn't do this himself because there is this protective force field around the temple that keeps demons out. So um, she's like, um, that doesn't feel right, so maybe I'll just destroy this chalice. So she goes and tries. There's a bit of a fight. There's, like, a skeleton hand that comes up and grabs her. Um, she smashes it. It won't break. So this, like, giant blood bone ogre thing is, like, hitting her. And then Jimmy shows up and saves the day and, like, goes her into destroying the chalice. And so that's done. But then the temple is, like, about to implode. So he, like, grabs her up and rescues her from the temple. Um, and at this point she realizes he smells
1: really nice.
2: Like, as he grabs her up to get her away from danger, she's like, I'm into that.
1: I mean, I was wondering when the smut was going to start in the paranormal universe. And I feel like, how, like, what percent would you say? I feel like that is a very common thing in in a book. Yeah, it's the the scent. Yeah, and it's like, it's not even like pheromones. It's just like. In his natural scent of musk and river water. <laughs>
2: right. It's like, what the fuck does that smell like? My favorite was, I think it was in Crescent City, I wanna say. It was like, she smells like the snowfall and the first starlight of the evening. Like, what does that
1: smell like? Okay, Yankee Candle. <laughs> I'm like, like, what? Like, these descriptions, like, that's not a thing. She smells like a beach on the first day of summer. And you're like, I really have so many questions. Right.
2: Which beach? Because if it's the ones that I grew up near, then that means she smells like a dirty diaper.
1: Oh, well, I grew up on the Gulf Coast side <laughs> of Florida. And I'm, I wouldn't say I would describe yeah. our side. Meanwhile, like on the Atlantic side,
2: anyway... <laughs> <laughs> It's very but different.
1: It is very different. But also, yes, like, so many books, they're just like, oh, and they just, like, smelled so nice. And, like, there's there's way more sniffing than yeah. you ever anticipate or although, need.
2: Although, I will say, in all fairness, um, I had COVID a couple of years ago and lost my sense of smell. And I did get pretty sick, but I was really okay for the most part. And then my smell... Just did not come back for a while. And at one point, I, like, burst into tears. And my husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, I can't smell you. And he was like, okay, babe. Like, why don't you go to sleep?
1: (laughs) Is that something you normally do? No. (laughs) I don't go around sniffing people. Uh, But. Not quite the same, but it is. So I'm, like, I get sick very easy. I, like, always have a stuffy nose. And I think my husband and I have been married for like four months, if that. And I was sick, which was not a surprise because I just am always sick. And I'd been texting him while I was at work. I was like, I just can't wait to get home and just like not do anything and just sit on the couch and really rest and relax with you. And my husband, I have this um like this sweet potato curry soup recipe. Ooh. It's delicious. Love this soup recipe. And my husband thought he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise Chelsea and make her this like really comforting soup that she loves. And like she'll be so surprised when she gets some. And I like, I like, I came in and I was like, oh my gosh, like you made me soup. Like you're the best human in the world. And I'm like <laughs> getting teary. And so my husband and I, we eat really spicy food. We love spicy food. Um, so he gives me this bowl of soup and he's looking at me all expectantly, like, can't wait for me to take my first bite. Y'all. That shit tasted like lava because <laughs> I couldn't smell anything. So I couldn't taste anything. And I just take a bite of the soup and I feel my entire body like going into this like heat flash with what how much like a heat, sweat, like fine oh sheen. So my husband, bless his soul, hands me this bowl of soup, so excited, wants me to try it. I take one bite and I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, also worth noting, my husband is the, the producer of this podcast and is like the sweetest angel baby who just like wants to love me and support me. <laughs> but I think it scarred him. It's like for a long time, he, he wasn't really willing to venture back into the kitchen. We, we crossed that hurdle. I'm glad to but, hear that. But yes. I'm glad to hear that. All of this to say, smell and taste are important, but they are sometimes unnecessarily prominent. In smut. in smut, yes, I would agree. So he rescues her from this yeah, thing from the temple. Collapse. Not Jimmy, because that's not his name. Fallon, Fallon the demon <laughs> rescues Cinnabon.
2: cinnamon. Yes. Um. So, um. He's like, well, that was easier than I thought. Really good work, everybody. And she's like, um, babe, there are three more chalices in her other temples. Oh, Oh." shit. He didn't know. He did not know. And so he is super pissed. So pissed, in fact, that he burns his shirt off.
1: Pause. (laughs) Pause. Um... (laughs) I have questions. Do you have answers? I don't know.
2: <laughs> Ask them and we'll see.
1: Is it because he is a demon and his body just burst into flames or did he light his own shirt on fire?
2: I think that he, um, so he has fire as a demon and I mm. think that he became very overheated because he was so angry. That's how it sounds in the book. Like, okay, it wasn't intentional. Um, And so then um, she notices that he has some really nice abs. Um, And he's like, okay, well, you need to come with me to these other temples and fix this shit. Um, And starts calling her rabbit as a nickname that I didn't really understand why, but he just starts calling her rabbit. Like not bunny, not honey, rabbit.
1: I I think I might rather be called rabbit than bunny.
2: So, little known fact
1: on oh, where are we about going? About me as a person. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I'm terrified of rabbits. Oh. But they, not bunnies? I mean, they're the you same. You know they're the same, thing. right? They're the same thing. I hate
1: them. They really freak me out. <laughs> we had two when I was a toddler hate and it. Um, here's the part that as an adult, I think it's hilarious, but as a kid, I had no idea. They were named Chip and Dale. (laughs) My parents were like, like the chipmunks. Sure. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) Just four-year-old Chelsea being like, here are my Chip and Dale (laughs) bunnies.
2: I hope there are pictures of that. Anyway, so he starts calling her rabbit. So I feel like that's also an important turning point in a lot of smut where where the they're given a nickname, name. Yep. Yeah. They're given the pet name as like some kind of important moment. And she's like, yeah, no, not interested in the adventure. Thank you. I'm happy with my life. Good luck with your journey. Have a great day. And Which I think he's like, is a
1: very fair response given everything yeah. that she's been through in the last 24 hours. Well,
2: and it's later revealed why she is opposed to adventure.
1: Ooh, okay. We'll get there. Um...
2: But he's like, okay, you can say no. But to be clear, I promised to protect your village. I did not promise to protect you. So you can help me or you can go unprotected. These are your options. Um, And so she agrees. And he's like, I think that you are starting to like me. And she goes, yeah, like a plague, very much, yep. Um, she is not happy about the situation. She's like, he's super hot, but I'm wicked annoyed with the whole thing.
1: Yeah, like on the hot crazy scale, he's he's not quite outweighing with hotness. Not at this point. He's no. just a little too crazy.
2: Not at this point. So, um, then she is packing with her best friend Bree, um, the cheese merchant, obviously, um. And she mentions this sister. So the sister had come up previously. Um, the sister passed away, but we don't know how. But Cinnamon keeps saying Cinnabon sister. Cinnabon sister, yes. Cinnabon It, it, Cinnabon.
1: it caught on. She's <laughs> Cinnabon now. Um, Our girl Cinnabon. Also, where? what is she packing for? Did I miss that? For the journey. She's like, um, okay. Okay. So I guess
2: I'm going okay, with you. I get it.
1: So, I was like is she running away?
2: No. So she's going with him. Um and she um is saying that she feels like her sister's death was her fault somehow. But again, we don't really have the story. Mm. Um so then she she has an argument with Fallon about um taking uh, like a wagon on this trip, she's like, We need spices. We need a we need stuff. Like, where am I gonna put my clothes? Like w- priorities. Where does
1: my spice collection go? Precisely.
2: So um eventually he acquiesces to this and they bring her horses um in a carriage. And so then um, apparently at this point, I decided to start calling her best friend Brie Fondue. I don't know when that happened. <laughs>
1: Where did you guys go on vacation, Hannah?
2: So we went to Charleston. And I think that at this point, um, we went to um, my favorite pub in North Charleston. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening at this point. (laughs) I might have had a couple of Irish car bombs.
1: So Good for you. Living your best vacation life. I was. I mean, I don't. Is it really hurting anyone to call her Fondue? No. If anything, I just hope you, like, I hope she's called Gruyere in a few minutes.
2: <laughs> Perhaps Gouda. So, oh, um, how's
1: our body doing in this chapter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, so this is pretty much the end of Fondue's involvement in the book, pretty much. is like right here.
1: Damn so, it. Like, I know. She just got
2: the cool nickname and everything. I know, but wait for it. Cheese is not done. Brie, the character, is done. But Cheese... Is never done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go on. So, she goes— Actually, Hannah has been doing such a great job of leading us through this book that she hasn't really had a chance to have any of her wine, which is how the characters got the name Fondue and Jimmy Fallon. Um And so, honestly, because of that, I want her to have more wine just (laughs) to see where the day takes us. Well, thank you for that. I
2: appreciate your thoughtfulness. I did take that opportunity. Perfect. So, um, she goes with Fondue to the village, like, boundary with the carriage. They're supposed to be meeting um, Fallon. And the town jackass that tried to rob her shows up with his brother. And the brother is demanding an apology because she chased him through the woods. Um, and she's like, um, this jackass tried to rob me. I'm not apologizing to you for shit. And he's like, you were drunk. Everybody knows you're the town lush. Like, he wasn't trying to rob you. You just attacked him. Da-da-da-da-da. And so she slaps him in the face. The brother. She slaps him in the face.
1: I see how um, we got there.
2: Oh, no. Wait. Rewind. She didn't slap him in the face yet. So he slaps her in the face and, like, pushes her against the wagon. And so then she slaps him in the face. And then uh, Jimmy appears, and he is
1: not happy with this situation. Jimmy seems like a guy who gets real possessive real fast. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're also,
1: there. Have, did we learn nothing from Will Smith slapping someone? <laughs> like, you just can't go around slapping people willy-nilly like that.
2: No. No, you can't. Slaps don't solve problems, people. They really don't. Um, because then, uh, once again, it's the consequences of our own actions. Because mm. now we have a very pissed off demon who shows up and breaks fuckface's arm
1: off. Off? Um, Wait. Yeah. You, you, he he like, you paused there. <laughs> and it took me. You're like, he broke his arm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like. Off. Like, I was like, were you trying to, were you hoping I didn't catch it? What? He broke his arm off? He really fucked him up. It's and, like, um, oh, what was that movie in the know. 80s with Patrick Swayze? Um. Where he was the bouncer at the club and ripped the man's heart out roadhouse. with his- Roadhouse? Roadhouse, where he rips his heart out with his hand. That's what he's I thought like, of this demon doing. It's the forbidden move. Yes, that is, <laughs> that is what I thought of just now.
2: That's fair. Um, so he's going to kill Fuckface. And um, Cinnamon is like, no, no, no. We don't kill humans, okay? Uh, she's really reasonable sometimes. Sometimes. Um, when she's not the town lush. I was going to say, she's not drunk at this juncture, so- Mm. Um, he is super annoyed that he's not allowed to kill this guy. He's like, you are currently mine. You are under my protection. And he put hands on you, which means he has forfeited his life. And she's like, um, bro, how about you simmer down?
1: She's like, so like demon laws and rules of society are not mm-hmm. human laws mm-hmm. and rules of society. So you can't just kill them.
2: Right. So he agrees. No more killing humans. And so they're traveling now through a bayou because in the landscape that we are in— Okay, so they're in Louisiana now. Basically. Okay. um, So they're in a bayou. Um, and so she makes him a crayfish boil. That's what it's called in the book. I'm like, y'all, them's crawdads. <laughs> <laughs> don't write about things you don't know. <laughs>
1: You're like, sorry, (laughs) we're in Georgia. Where the fuck are you getting this from? Ray bitch.
0: Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right. I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway. So, um, he is like, not he's like, "I'm not eating that. That looks like a bug." and she's like, "Just trust me." And he's like, "This is the most delicious thing I've ever eaten my, in my life, which is fair because they're very delicious. And so they're having like this bonding over the campfire um and they're sleeping on either sides or laying down on either sides of the campfire, and then he starts telling her scary stories about different things so that she like comes closer to him and it's pretty obvious he's doing it on purpose. Like he's intentionally frightening her so that she'll like come closer. Um, but there's, they're like dumb campfire ghost stories. Like, it's not like he's like, and then the axe murderer appeared. Like it's not things that you would think are real life. Um, so he keeps touching her Often like she starts to notice that he is touching her braids, which are pink, um, and you know, like touching her arm, and like he's very touchy. Um, and he keeps like sidling closer to her, and she's like making more space on the bench, and he just keeps like scooting over in the wagon.
1: So he's clearly putting out a vibe, and she doesn't fully want to receive said vibe.
2: I mean, she does, but she's like, this is a demon. And I know you guys can't see me, but I did just do a lot of weird wiggling to demonstrate that. And then it occurred to me, you can't see me.
1: (laughs) So she's like reluctantly, she's into the vibe, but like is annoyed with herself for being into the vibe. Yeah, and she's also
2: like, who the fuck even is this guy right now? Like really, what's going on? So um, there's a couple more, like, campfire scenes. They're bonding, having a great time. She's cooking for him. He's really enjoying it. Um, And she's like, see, spices are important. Thank you. Um, Aren't you glad
1: we got a wagon so you could have (laughs) this delicious meal?
2: Exactly. Um, So she they're asleep, and then she hears—she wakes up, and she hears someone calling her name over and over again. And so she's like that's really weird. So she goes to investigate. And she's like that that sounds like my sister. Like, what? Oh god, like that really sounds like my sister. And they're just
1: like traveling on the road at this point right through did i miss the, something through the bayou
2: through they're the, still in yeah the bayou. they're like
1: they're like they're in the bayou but they're traveling like they're not they haven't like arrived anywhere yet no
2: okay no so she hears this she goes to investigate sounds like her sister and then it is her sister standing in the water in the bayou calling to her how long ago did the shit happen with her sister like four years okay so she says her sister looks Rough, like her hair is a mess, she's covered in mud, but she's like, obviously, that's my sister. Yep. So she gets into the water trying to go um get her, and um uh, Fallon shows up and he's like, Stop, like, stop and come back to me right now. And she's like, No, no,
1: no, that's my sister who's right. been missing, right? Yeah,
2: so she keeps going. And then my notes say, surprise, in all caps, it's a
1: swamp monster. (laughs) I had a feeling that's where we were going. Yeah. Like, they lure you in with, like, Mm -hmm. your your deepest desires, Mm -hmm. and then they have tentacles. I mean, I don't know if this one does. I'm really filling in that picture, but just, like, in general, I feel like there's all, like, they lure you in, and then there's a bait-and-switch. Maybe there's tentacles. Maybe there's not.
2: (laughs) I don't think there are tentacles in this situation. It's more like a... Hellhound crossed with a scorpion, if I'm remembering correctly. But either way, it's not good. So he... (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: A hellhound crossed with a scorpion?
2: Yeah. Which half?
1: Front half hellhound, back half scorpion. Okay, just verifying.
2: Yeah. So it grabs her and starts dragging her to the bottom, and she's like, oh, cool. This is how I die. Great. I knew I didn't want to go on an adventure. I hate it here. And so then Jimmy rescues her, obviously, um, and then pulls her out, kills the monster, and then she cries on him a lot um, and tells him that her sister disappeared in the bayou four years ago and was never found, and so it must have been that that monster that had taken her, and it, cinnamon feels like it was her fault because she convinced her sister to go with her on an adventure in the bayou. Whatever.
1: Oh, so the, is this where we learn why she doesn't go on adventures because she blames yes. herself for her sister's death?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So then he carries her back to camp and takes out her braids because they are caked in mud and and bayou sludge, and um tells her to is that otherwise
1: <laughs> known as algae.
2: I don't know, but it sounds gross. Bayou you
1: sludge. You heard me. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds thick and murky.
2: I have no response to that. <laughs> <laughs> Not one I want to say out loud anyway. <laughs> so um, he very gently takes out her braids um, and tells her, um that she needs to bathe. So there's a bayou on one side and a river on the other. So he's like you need to go bathe in the river. And um so she's like all right then and just gets naked. She's like if he's going to be a dick, then I'm getting naked. Good good talk. So which is obviously a natural response.
1: Yeah, is that not everyone's logical thought process? I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. You, me, and Kimberly, the author. (laughs) She's killing it for her first novel. This is a fun one. We're in good company.
2: (laughs) So um, she grabs a a knife and some soap and gets into the water. A knife? And, yeah, that comes into play later. Oh, no. Um, So she's in the water, and she's bathing. And then Fallon shows up with her in the water. Um, And he is super into how her hair smells and lets her know that and is like, please allow me, and starts washing her hair. Um, And then she is like, huh, there's a log floating in the river. Hmm. Hmm. That bitch is a gator, and she kills it with her knife. (laughs) okay, so I'm not even going to pretend 75% of why I wanted to review this book was straight up because she killed a a gator with a knife with her bare hand. And I was like, we have things to discuss.
1: Especially because both of us like grew up in Florida where there was a lot of alligator protocol. You like every single place you went, there was at least one sign that said, do not molest the alligators. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. And I always had questions. Like right. What constitutes
2: molestation
1: of oh, a gator? Um, my thought was more what happened that led to them feeling they needed to post these signs everywhere? <laughs> Not like <laughs> what's the boundary on how far I can push well, the gator? And
2: here's the thing. So I I grew up in Orlando. We did have a lot of gators, and I went to school with the daughter of the people who owned Gatorland, the, like, little amusement park, and— um,
1: <laughs> Have you read the book Swamplandia?
2: No, but I'm going to add it to my list, apparently. It's not
1: smut. Just, Never mind. Yeah. Not a, interested a, There's <laughs> a lot of character development in a way. Gross. I didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you're into that— It's a really good book. So, anyways, Gatorland. So
2: I learned in the fourth grade that if a gator surpasses a certain size, animal control won't come get it. So people had gators in their retention ponds, in their pools, and stuff like that. And animal control was like, is it over six feet? That's real tough. Good luck, y'all. And so people would have to call Gatorland to come get the gators. They had to call an amusement park to get the
1: gators out of their retention ponds. This feels like the most on-brand Florida <laughs> shit. Also, if you haven't watched it yet, Craig Robinson, is that Craig from The Warehouse on The Office? Mm-hmm. He is a new show. It might not be new by the time we drop this episode, depending on our lineup, um, called Killing It, and it's <laughs> on Peacock, and it's about living in South Florida, mm. and um, there's an overabundance of um, Burmese pythons, and yes. so there's a competition that whoever can kill the most, you, like, get rated by, like, the, the square feet that you bring in. Huh. Um, maybe not square feet. Just regular feet? Yeah, just regular feet. Um. It's really funny, but it feels very Florida on brand yeah. in that
2: capacity. and I mean, and to be clear, like, I grew up in downtown Orlando. It's not like I was in the fucking Everglades or something.
1: Yeah, you were not where, like, there was a vast normalization of alligators walking down the street. But that video that dropped a couple of years ago of that alligator that, like, looked like fucking Godzilla. Yup. That was terrifying. Well, and
2: the thing is, even in downtown, there are gators. It's true. In the lakes and in people's pools, they're everywhere. And so we learned at a very young age, like, what to do when you
1: see a gator. You zigzag. If one is chasing you, they run in a straight line. You got to run in in a zigzag formation.
2: Exaggerated zigzag is the way to go. Um, And so all that to say, I I have eaten gator. I have— I have pet a baby gator. I've done all kinds of things. I feel like things.
1: that. Yeah. Like that's like, our, that's just did Florida. you grow up in Florida if you haven't had multiple interactions with different iteration of gator?
2: We once, when I was in kindergarten, we had somebody bring a 10 foot python to our class to play with. Like that's Florida, you know? Uh, and I would never. Attempt to kill a gator while nude in a river with a knife.
1: How would you attempt to kill it?
2: Maybe if I had a gun while so, I was in a boat.
1: I do know all of their like power is in the snapping of their jaw closed. Accurate. So, yeah, so once their jaw is closed, if you can keep it closed and hold on, that's going to keep you safe. And also, they have some vertigo issues mm-hmm. that like fucks with their equilibrium. So, if you if you can get a gator on its back, yep. you know, definitely easier said than done. Um, but if you can get a gator on its back and keep its mouth closed.
2: That is the safer choice. Yeah.
1: Um, also, maybe someone who has any experience with this versus just like, I think some of the things we're told up in Florida are folklore on some level, you know, that we've just all embraced as normal because Florida. Um so, yeah. yeah, someone please correct us if we're off base on any of this. Or you might be like, no, nope, those two bitches from Florida.
2: <laughs> I mean, Bax. if anybody knows, it's us.
1: So, so she So, Cinnamon, going back to the book, Cinnamon is bathing in the river. Um, Jimmy Fallon <laughs> loves the smell of her hair. Is washing it. Is washing yeah, her hair. Is in washing the river. her hair. And then she sees, honestly, here's where, it, when you were like, and she sees a giant log floating in the river. I thought you were going to be like, nope, it's his demon dick. Um, <laughs> I no. wasn't prepared for you to be like, it's an alligator and she kills it with the knife. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, that escalated.
2: So then she starts dragging it to the shore and he comes up behind her and is like, I'm going to marry you. What? <laughs> And she is like, um, that was not part of the deal we made. I did not agree to that. And he says, and this is a direct quote, you shouldn't have been so horribly interesting.
1: I don't, I don't think that's how consent works. What a proposal. What a proposal. I mean, maybe for a demon that is romantic, we have to think of cultural implications. So true. So true. I don't want to be mean to the demon who thinks that is romantic. Mm. Um,
2: I can appreciate but that. But I might be
1: giving him too much credit here. <laughs> I
2: think that you are, but I appreciate the attempt. So, regardless of all of this, Jimmy is super convinced they're going to get married and just keeps saying things about how they're going to mate. They're going to get married. This is it. And um, our girl Cinnabon is not on board. She's like, no, what the fuck, dude? Like, you are a demon. Please calm down. You're super hot, and I kind of want to jump on it, but also calm down.
1: But also, I don't want to marry it. I just want to jump on it.
2: Exactly. As we've previously discussed, there is a difference between boyfriend dick and husband dick. There is a difference. Although she hasn't had any of his dick. She hasn't yet.
1: Um, That's the second log floating in the river. <laughs>
2: Um, so then they're continuing on. They're almost to the next town where the next temple is and they get stopped by a group of bandits and the bandits are like, we are going to kill your boy and rape you. Hope y'all have a great day. This is it. There's like five of them, four of them. And, um, one of her horses, who's a scrappy mare, kicks one in the head and is like, not today. And so she just, like, kicks that motherfucker in the head. And so then Jimmy takes out two because he is displeased with this threat for obvious reasons. And then it turns out Cinnabon is, like, a really good archer. And so she shoots one with an arrow. Um, And then... Jimmy throws Arrow Guy over the, the side of the bridge into the
1: river. So what I hear us saying is they work really well as a team.
2: They do work really well as a team. And so then he is really upset that he threw the Arrow Guy into the river because he promised her he wouldn't kill any more humans, and he really doubted the guy was going to survive with an arrow after being thrown in the river. And she's like, um, it's okay to— It's okay to kill murderers and rapists. Yeah,
1: if they're, like, actively trying to kill me, we can make an exception. Yeah. I just meant, like, that man who's sitting at the coffee shop reading his book hasn't done anything for you to murder him over.
2: Right. And a guy who slaps me, like, sure, slap him around, but don't kill him. That's her. That's the line for her.
1: You know, I get her logic.
2: Yeah, I can see it. So then Jimmy makes a joke that he deserves some points for saving her from the bandits. And she is um, not impressed. She is like, okay, so you think my heart is worth a few points? That's what you think I'm worth to you? Are you kidding me? And he's like, well, um, how many points would it take for you to marry me? And she's like, a thousand. It would take a 1,000 points.
1: Um, And so he is— So how many points did he get for protecting her from getting murdered? We'll get there. Um, Sorry, I keep jumping ahead. I know. I feel like half uh, my questions, you're like, Chelsea, you're going to ruin the book. Just let me get there organically. It'll
2: I'm just, come. I'm
1: too excited.
2: So he is not deterred by the 1,000 points. He is not deterred.
1: And so— Honestly, I don't know what the point value system is, and I'm sure we'll get there in a minute, but when she said a 1,000 points in my head, I'm like, I feel like you're selling yourself short. Agreed. A 1,000 is not nearly as high as I anticipated you saying. <laughs> so when, right. he's, when you're like, he's not deterred by a 1,000 points, I was like, I wouldn't be either. Right.
2: It's three points for Save Me from Bandits, but she doesn't actually give him any points for the Bandits. We'll get there. Okay. So um he kisses her and pulls her into his lap and starts feeling her up a little bit and goes into detail about he's gonna how he's gonna eat her out
1: and fuck her. He doesn't
2: actually do anything, right?
1: Okay, so he's just like narrating his plans to her. Yeah. So and this is like, like so this is like when we reviewed Dirty Ones mm-hmm. and Connor and Sophia were fucking And Kira was just like. Narrating. Narrating, whispering, dirty shit in Mm -hmm. his ear, er, in Connor's ear. Like, that's what's happening here? Yes. Okay.
2: And it's like, when I say in detail, it's like four pages of detail. That's
1: some Stephen King level shit.
2: About how he is going to eat her out and fuck her. Like, he is into it. And she is like you need to stop right now. And he's like, okay. And like immediately takes hands off. He's like, okay. And so she goes and dunks her head in the river and he follows her. He's like, are you okay? And she's like, I will literally give you 100 points if you leave me alone right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> and so he's like, yes, ma'am. Sayonara, my lady. <laughs> he's like, yes, ma'am. Um, so they get to the next city and Jimmy is like, I sense a lot of demons here, but I don't see any. Mm. What is going on?
1: Intrigue.
2: Mm-hmm. So they decide, they're like, we need to stop at a tavern. We need to find like a, a an inn so we can stay somewhere. Um, Guys,
1: I'm going to apologize really fast. I need to pour myself a new glass of wine. In case you're wondering, we aren't sponsored by BodaBox, but it'd be a lot cooler if we were. Today, we are drinking the Nighthawk Black Bold Cab Sav. <laughs> it's rich, bold, and smooth. Oh, I was reading the label and my, my pour went a little harder than I intended for it to. <laughs> um, I apologize. I this just felt like it needed a, a freshie, so. We needed it. We did. So Jimmy Fallon is like, there's a lot of demons here, but I just, like, can't see them. I can just sense them. Right. Okay. I feel
2: them. I don't see them. So um, they decide they're going to stop at a tavern. They're going to get a room. And um, these two different merchants are on the street trying to convince them to come to their separate ends. And as they're talking, they one of them is like, honey, your demon doesn't have a collar. That's illegal. And she's like, what? I'm ah. sorry, what? And so they find out that the people in this city keep demons as like pets or slaves. And um, yeah, so they're all supposed to wear collars legally. And So,
1: so they have a different relationship in this city with demons as like, the goddess city that Cinnabon grew up in. Right. So she's okay. kind of
2: from the sticks.
1: Got it. And this is
2: more of a metropolis kind of situation. Um, so Jimmy is pissed. He is very unhappy with the idea that demons are being kept as slaves. Um, and so they get to their room. Um, they They choose one of the merchants. They get to their room. They're trying to come up with a plan. Like, what do we do here? Like, I don't know. And the innkeeper overhears the conversation um, and she's like, um, (laughs) Jimmy opens the door and he's like, how long have you been there? And she's like, um, long enough. (laughs) And she's like, um, so listen, I don't know if you need help, but I will help you. And they're like, I'm sorry, what?
1: Why Why would we trust you, you random eavesdropper? Exactly.
2: And she says that she didn't know that demons were sentient. Like, they'd been taught that demons were, like, less than animals. And she didn't know that they could talk. She didn't know they had feelings. She didn't know. And so she recognizes that none of
1: this is right. So the and- common denominator is that, like, no humans culturally understand the nuance of demon life forms. Correct. Okay.
2: Um, And so she's like, I didn't know they were held against their will. I will help you. So um, apparently the mascot for her in is a hyena.
1: I don't know why. She was on the wrong side of the Lion King. Apparently. Yes. And she, so she has
2: a dancing hyena and she's like, I have an idea. Let's, so she has to, Cinnamon has to get close to the temple to destroy the chalice. And in this city, there are mages who are like priests who are like all over the place. So she is like, the demon and I will cause a distraction with my hyena who dances. And that will make it easier for you to get into the temple. Um, and so Cinnabon is minding her own business. Jimmy and the innkeeper, Usha, um, uh, have gone ahead to start the distraction, and she's supposed to go separately so that people don't realize they're together. So she's walking along, and then she finds this merchant who is selling nachos, which she has never seen before, and she's very excited about the nachos. So she gets a bucket of nachos. (laughs)
1: Oh man, I could I could fuck up a a basket or a bucket. Honestly, probably just a basket of nachos. Here's the thing: I think a bucket of nachos feels a little advantageous. That is extreme, but like I could fuck up a basket of nachos. I didn't
2: think I was hungry at all until I said "bucket of nachos,"
1: (laughs) and now I could eat. Where's fondue when you need her?
2: She's back in the village. Um, so <laughs> she sees a guy being beaten in the road. So he's wearing a collar. Well, that's less fun. And he's being beaten. And um, so she goes up to this, this guy. So she notices as she's walking all of these different, like, pelts and furs that are really beautiful. She's like, I've never seen anything that color. That's so crazy. That's beautiful. And so she sees this guy beating another guy. And she's like, um, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, everybody's just watching. And she's like, um, excuse me, what the hell? And he's like, this is a werewolf. And he's blonde, which means that his pelt is blonde, which means it's very rare and I want it. And then she realizes that all of the very (sighs) pretty furs that she had seen were demon furs. And she's like, Oh. oh, shit, this is not okay with me. So she decides that she's going to buy him from this guy. And he's like, "Um, I could get plenty for his pelt. And she's like, well, I'm a farmer and he looks pretty strong, so I'll take him. So she haggles and she also gets a lamia, which apparently is like a... A half man, half snake situation, bottom half snake. And I
1: appreciate the clarification on which half. <laughs> I knew you were gonna important.
2: ask. I knew you were gonna ask. <laughs> bottom half snake. Um, and she's like, uh oh okay, I guess. So she frees them both with her pouch of cinnamon that she has on her mm. on her hip.
1: Thank oh. goodness she advocated to bring the spice rack in their wagon.
2: And I forgot she has these big skirts that have lots of pockets in them. And so a lot of times oh, she just like skirt. pulls out things from her skirt. <laughs> like at one point she's like, I'm kind of hungry and just pulls out a loaf of bread. And Jimmy is like, what the fuck is happening? And she's like, are you hungry? Good, because this
1: is mine. It just eats it. So... Years and years and years ago when I was working in youth ministry, one of my favorite things that happened is I had a student wearing cargo shorts, <laughs> and I look over, and he had a full-size pack of Oreos just in his cargo shorts. And I looked over at him, and I was like, are those Oreos? And he's like, oh, do you want some? And just, like, takes them out. <laughs> and I was like, before that moment, I'd never understood, but truly, in that moment when he was giving me an Oreo, I was like... Shit, do I understand cargo shorts suddenly? (laughs) Like, do I co-sign cargo shorts now? I was like, I do if they have Oreos in the pocket. And so, I mean. Or tater tots. Well, if Napoleon Dynamite taught us anything, those. Tater tots. But if you kick the pocket, you just have a a mush. Just
2: smush my tater tots. (laughs) So, I was at lunch this week with my peers at work. and. The first person who ordered at lunch was like, I will have such and such burger um and tater tots extra crispy. And I was like, you can get tots extra crispy here? And she was like, yeah. And so literally we went around the table, there were like seven or eight of us, and every single one of us ordered tots extra, extra crispy. crispy. And the waitress was like, that's really good. Because if one of you had wanted regular tots, you wouldn't have gotten them. Everyone is getting extra crispy
1: tots. Right? I was like, <laughs> in the fry basket, yeah. everyone is getting crispy tots. They're all
2: extra crispy. And they were delicious, for the record. And I had a burger, this is an aside, called the Florida Burger. And it had, so it had the, like, standard beef patty,
1: mm-hmm.
2: pimento cheese, strawberry jam, And jalapenos, like pickled jalapenos.
1: I don't know what I thought you were going to say when you said (laughs) it was called the Florida Burger, but I don't think any of those. Although, I mean, like, I guess, like, Plant City, you have the strawberry festival every year. Right, Um, I mean,
2: it didn't scream Florida to me, but it was delicious, and so were the tots, for the record. So, anyway, she buys a werewolf and a lamia. And so she frees them both. And also, okay, so this is another thing. While I was uh, outlining this book, Lamia continually. Labia. Auto-corrected to labia
1: (laughs) over and over again. And. Honestly, the first time you said it, it took me a second and I paused. And I was like, no, she meant what she said. That's not, (laughs) she didn't mean labia. I
2: didn't mean labia. So, when I, I, so the next day after outlining this part, I had to go through and everywhere I put lamia, I had to make sure that it said lamia and not labia because.
1: Because we do review for smut, So, you reasons. could need, need use of both words <laughs> for
2: obvious reasons. So, anyway, so she frees them both with her cinnamon and they're super suspicious of her, but they agree to help. They're like, wait a minute, you're going after the witch? We're in, let's do this shit. So she's like, you have to continue to wear a collar while we're here so that people think that you're still Is this under a reverse
1: harems. It's not. Okay. It's not. I wasn't sure if that's where the trajectory was taking us. It's a good question.
2: There. Jimmy's too possessive for that. Well, so that was my thought. Um, so then she continues on her way because she was on the way to the temple to destroy the top ta- the chalice. So she continues, there are mages everywhere. And so um a fight ensues there are mages everywhere throwing potions and magic and stuff and one of them hits her horses with a flying potion and they grow wings and fly
1: away which becomes relevant later um does that d- when you get wings do you become a pegasus is that the- I guess
2: yes they're pegasuses pegasi I was literally I was I like know. what's what's
1: the plural pegasi <laughs> I don't know. Pegasuses, I think Pegasi just feels slightly better. There
2: are two Pegasus, and so <laughs> they fly away. She gets injured in the fight. Jimmy loses his ever-loving shit and shifts into a dragon to destroy the town.
1: What?
2: Yeah. So... She does destroy the chalice. She's injured by one of those blood bone ogre thingies. And so then Jimmy like loses it and apparently he's a dragon. So he like takes off into the sky and starts just shooting fire and destroying the town. And so Usha
1: do are all demons
2: dragons? No. Okay. No. So the other two demons that she rescued, we yeah. had the werewolf and the— Oh, so a he, werewolf demon. Yeah. So he looks like a man, but he is a demon who is a werewolf. And then the Lamia is the snake man. It's the snake man. man Bottom
1: snake. half snake. Man
2: snake, snake man, whatever. And so uh, Usha, the innkeeper who agreed to help, is like, hey, I'm going to go get a ship because that's going to be the quickest way to get to the third— Temple, um, and you need to go get your man. And uh, Cinnabon is like, um, when you say my man, exactly, she's like, I don't, I don't. Mm, mm, mm. And the werewolf, whose name is Felix, and the lamia, whose name is Ambrose, agree to come along this journey to defeat the witch, and so they go with Usha to secure a ship. So then Cinnabon goes to stop What's-His-Noodle, Jimmy. Um, He's like an
1: ultimate danger noodle at this point. I feel like that's what a dragon (laughs) is. The ultimate danger noodle? Nothing sounds intimidating about the danger noodle. You're like, (laughs) What's-His-Noodle over there? He's the ultimate danger noodle of all of the danger noodles.
2: I feel like that's what a dragon is. Like, a regular danger noodle is like a rattlesnake. Her water moccasin, but like the ultimate danger eel. noodle, or an eel, yeah. like an electric eel situation. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate danger noodle would be a dragon.
1: But that danger noodle has a lot of extra parts. He doesn't have wings. How was he flying to shoot fire at the town? Magic. Stop. <laughs> So he's Mushu from Mulan. Yes. Just shooting fire, killing this town. Yes. The, and so, yes, Mushu from Mulan yeah. is the ultimate danger. So, noodle.
2: Fallon, aka Jimmy, aka Mushu, is destroying the town. <laughs> and she goes to stop him and she frees some gladiators who had been kept as. Or or some demons who'd been kept as gladiators. Um, and when she frees them, they're all like, you looking for a mate, boo? Because we are into that. And she's like, um, the dragon is my mate.
1: Thanks. So wait, has she embraced us at this point? Or is she just trying to not piss off the danger noodle? She's
2: trying to not piss off the gladiator demons.
1: Oh, or, um so not even pissing off Jimmy Fallon. It was about not pissing off the present danger.
2: Yes. Okay. Um and so then he lands behind her and he's like, "Um so I'm your mate." And she's like, "That's not the point. You're a dragon?" Anything else you want to share? And he's like, "Uh yeah, I'm 124 years old." <laughs>
1: Okay, why wouldn't he be?
2: Communication matters. We just, so, like you. Br-
1: you embrace so much in a paranormal book. Do you? You. We embrace it. You accept so much without questioning it in a paranormal book.
2: Apparently,
1: although kind of our a whole- paranormally. Oh, I, that was <laughs> no. not my best joke. No, I would like to formally apologize to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah wasn't ready.
2: I wasn't ready. I need a hot second, y'all. Okay, so Fallon, aka Jimmy, aka Mushu, transforms back into a man, and he picks her up and goes into the Colosseum where all the demon gladiators were, so that they can bathe, um, and like wash off all of the the battle, um, and find some clothes. And he asks her, like, "What are you so afraid of?" Because obviously you're into me.
1: You know, uh, good for you for putting that question out there, Jimmy. Yeah.
2: He, it, uh, you know, good on Jimmy for owning his confidence. Because I feel like it takes a lot to tell a woman that she's into you. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, as soon as a man says, I know you're into it, I am not anymore. That is
1: also All right. <laughs> to be fair, I I think I was focusing more on like the conversation aspect of like, so what are you so afraid of? Like, why are you holding yourself back? Like, it seems like you're into this was more of the interpretation and that, I was going through. That with. is
2: the goal, I think. Like, that's the
1: intent. Less of like, I know you're into me. Why <laughs> won't you just embrace it? And you're like, no, that does well, not land as well.
2: The tone comes later. Oh, so fuck. then Um, she tells him about her ex-boyfriend who left her because she was too boring. And so, because she didn't want to go on these adventures and stuff anymore after her sister died. And so, she's like, I'm pretty sure you're going to get tired of me. Like, you're a demon who does all these amazing things. Like, you're going to be bored with me eventually. That's sad. Um, When we finish our quest. And then… Um, he ties her to the bed at that point. He's like, you are not boring. Let me demonstrate. Ties her to the bed and eats her out very thoroughly, according to my notes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he was just making good on the promise from earlier when he very thoroughly told her how he planned to eat her out.
2: Yes, he delivered fully. And for some reason, I have page 101 on here. If anyone wants to know where that, that shit is that. It's page 101.
1: Okay, but, but was that on your Kindle and what font size were you using? It was on my Kindle and I don't know. I mean, I guess it probably still is page 101 because I yeah. don't think that shifts. But no. I'm, I do know when you like zoom in to like 12 point font or tw- size 12 font on your Kindle.
2: But then the page numbers stay the same until you get to the next page. I never actually know
1: because I don't actually, (laughs) well, here's the thing. I I never put my non-page number. I always keep my Kindle on um, time left in chapter. Me too. Yeah, so I like never actually know. I'm like, I could be reading a page and a half Versus what, like, the book was published as. But I actually never have any idea what page number I'm on.
2: I always keep it to time left also. But anyway, so, regardless, she has an excellent orgasm. And then. Good for her. hmm And good for him. So, then he unties her and tells her to turn on her side um, and keep her legs together. And this. We're just gonna go here. So he then starts fucking between her thighs, but he doesn't actually penetrate her.
1: Is is he rubbing against her lips? Or is he just he is rubbing like, against her
2: labia? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Not really her sorry.
1: Lamia. I'm really sorry, you guys. <laughs> okay, so. We go with it. Yeah. So
2: he won't fuck her because she hasn't consented to mate him. And consent
1: matters. It
2: does. So um, that's how that happens. She has another orgasm because apparently he's bumping up against stuff that she's into. And then um, he's like, I still want to mate you. Like, this shit is still on the table. And she's like, um, is it? I don't know. And so then they go to sleep. And that's it
1: and then when you said that's it for a second I thought you meant that's how the book ended
2: (laughs) no that's not how the book ends but that is how the scene ends okay they go to sleep and he holds her very gingerly it's very sweet um and he's like you could never be boring you are horribly interesting because that's apparently his descriptor for her so then Felix who is the werewolf demon that she rescued is there when she wakes up and um Fallon is not So he says they're going to meet Fallon, Usha, who's the innkeeper, and Ambrose, who is the lamia, at a ship. So she needs to, like, get up and get dressed. Mm -hmm. So they get there, and Usha is arguing with the other shopkeeper from the street where Fallon and Cinnamon were previously. And he calls her a fat she-whale. And Ambrose gets pissed, and throws our our other innkeeper through a wall and then ushers Usha away. He's like, come with me, boo, because I'm into that. And so then Usha and Cinnabon are co-captains at this point of this ship. And um, they decide they're going to have a feast to celebrate because several demons who've been freed from slavery when they— (laughs) <laughs> when when Jimmy destroyed the town um, are very grateful for their freedom and so they agree to be essentially the, the like crew of the ship. And so um, they have a feast for them. So then Usha, another female demon named Holly, who I, if I'm remembering correctly, is a centaur, and Felix, who has declared his, himself as Cinnabon's bestie, um, all eat. It, well, um, they try to convince Cinnabon to go declare her feelings to Jimmy. Because she's feeling it. Like, she's into it at this point. And, like,
1: everyone else knows she's into it at Everybody this point.
2: Everybody knows. Everybody knows. But, like, she's like, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I feel weird. Mm. So, because, like, what if he's not really into me? Like, what if he just wants to get laid? Blah, blah, blah. So... She then goes to find him after her friends hype her up. She goes to find him and then she chickens out and she's like, goes back to her friends. She's like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then she just gets smash hammer drunk. That is literally what my notes say. (laughs) She gets smash hammer drunk. So then our girl Cinnabon wakes up with a terrible hangover surrounded by cheese because apparently while she was very drunk, She declared herself the cheese queen and demanded that all the members of of the crew of the ship bring her all the cheese they could find. And so in her her quarters, she is just surrounded by cheese. I've
1: heard of way worse ways to wake up (laughs) than with, like, all of the cheese of your choosing. Agreed.
2: So then she's like, maybe I dreamed that. Maybe that's not real because I really hope not because she doesn't remember everything. So then um, one of the crew comes in and is like, hey, we found a cargo ship. You want to approve us robbing that real quick? And she's like, I literally don't care. Get out. Go do whatever you want. Just go at this point. My head is killing me. She's like,
1: I'm hungover. Rob whoever you think you need to rob. Just don't interrupt me.
2: <laughs> exactly. And Jimmy is in bed with her, but they're both clothed. So then um, she tells Jimmy that she loves him. She's like, actually, you know what? I love you. And he is like, bet. Time to mate, bitch. And she's like, yup. Mm-hmm. 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 So then he bites her to complete the mating, and she gets, like, super horny. She's like, I will literally do anything for a Klondike bar. Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> like, what do I have to do? And he says, listen, here's what you don't know about dragons. I am super petty and you have made me wait for a month. So you can wait. And <gasps> leaves her.
1: <laughs> Woo! Oh, he's Jenny like me, Fallon. He's like... Mushu Jimmy. <laughs> Classic Mushu Jimmy over there.
2: <laughs> so she's like, uh, what? And he's like, you just approved the crew to rob a ship. We need to go support their efforts. You're the captain. And, like, goes to help them rob the ship. So... And so she thinks that the whole Cheese Queen thing, maybe she made up in her mind. But when she comes out, Felix, who has declared himself her bestie, is like, what up, Cheese Queen? How's it hanging? She's like, God damn it.
1: (laughs) I think it's sweet. She just misses her best friend, Brie Fondue. She does.
2: So anyway... The mating is complete. She's super horny. They go to assist with robbing of the other ship. And they come out and they find that the whole other crew has already surrendered. And everybody's like, well, that's fucking lame.
1: That <laughs> like, was underwhelming.
2: We were really hoping for a fight here. And then they, the members of their crew who had boarded the other ship bring someone up who has a collar on, who's obviously mm-hmm. a demon who is enslaved. And Fallon is like, um, that's a fucking dragon. Uh, everybody panic. <laughs> he's like, "This is a trap. This is not good." Mm. And so the dragon then shifts, and this is a um an ice dragon, I think, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: Of course,
2: Jimmy is a um fire dragon. He well, he's a a shadow dragon. The fuck does that? So he he has shadows and fire. Anyway, I don't know. It's not really important. So then. Um, my notes say, <laughs> um, "Dragon shifts and fucks everybody up." So then Jimmy also shifts, and there's a big fight in the air. Cinnabon rides one of her flying horses, who just showed back up um, to help. She shoots arrows that are tipped with cinnamon into the other dragon, mm, trying to like good break call. the spell. But then she recognizes that the third chalice is actually tied to his neck. So the cinnamon isn't going to be enough to break the spell because the witch's
1: essence is, like, permeating on everything. his shit.
2: Yeah. So she jumps onto the other dragon's back to smash the chalice. And then they crash land on an island. Jimmy comes right behind and crashes as well. Everybody shifts back to their human form and then passes out. And then she wakes up being carried by a very naked Jimmy to a waterfall on the island. And he's like, it's time to bang. I don't know what I was thinking with this whole, like, petty shit, but I'm not with it anymore. And it's it's
1: time. So, he— a, He was like, I'm really petty about sex until we have a near-death experience, and then I just want to be near you.
2: Basically, yes. Fair. So, he is— Super dominating. There's a lot of, like, praise kink happening as well. Um, And so it's very much like, are you going to be my good little girl? Like, that kind of shit. Mm. And then he eats her out and bangs her from behind. And it's life-changing. And so then they start walking back um, and gathering fruit and food and stuff to eat. And then all of a sudden, our girl Cinnabon is like, holy shit, We didn't use any kind of protection. Like, oh, God. Like, I am not ready to be a parent. Are you ready to be a parent? And she has, like, this whole moment. And Jimmy is like, hold up, babe. I got you covered. He had a rune directly under his belly button to prevent pregnancy. And she's like, you are so And so she kisses it, like, kisses the rune. And then she is like... I like this position. I'm going to blow you. So she starts to blow him while rubbing one out. And then Usha shows up and is like, I found them. Ah. (laughs) Um, We should come back later. (laughs) And Jimmy is like, bet, let's finish this. And Cinnabon is no longer in the mood. She's like, you can finish it yourself. Thanks. (laughs) So, They go back to the ship, the other dragon, the spell has been broken, and so he is older. He's a storm dragon, and he offers to pull the ship. Storm dragon, not ice dragon. He's a storm dragon. He offers to pull the ship in order to cut the travel time. So they have now destroyed three out of the four chalices. And so he's like, allow me. So they do all of that. They get to this like mountain pass thing. Um, Oh, I forgot. So while the storm dragon is pulling the ship, Cinnamon is super sick, like really, really seasick. And Fallon is very, very sweet, like bringing her things and like taking good care of her. It's all very nice. So then they get to this mountain pass and then Jimmy has shadow power. So he like hides the ship in shadows so that they can stay under the radar um, and then he shifts and has everybody get on his back so that he takes them up to the temple because this is like the He big doesn't one. have wings. He doesn't have wings.
1: I feel very strongly about him just slithering through the air without wings. Kimberly, I'm loving the book you wrote so far, but I'm very confused on the lack of dragon wings and his upward gravity-defying mobility. It's mad. You can't just keep whispering it's magic that doesn't cover everything. Sure it does. Fine. Jimmy the Shadow Dragon. Yeah. Without his wings. Yeah.
2: Takes them up to the temple. Fair. And then some humans come out to stop them. And it turns out this is like the four people that were selected by the goddess slash slash witch. So one of them is the girl from her village and the other one turns out is her ex.
1: Plot mm. twist.
2: Plot twist. And so there's a big fight. And Jimmy fights the two idiots from her village and rips off her ex's arm. He's into ripping off arms. And it then seems that way. Usha and our girl Cinnabon, they fight the evil witch. There's lots of things happening. There's, like, the blood and bone ogre thing again. And Usha is hurt, and so she's struggling some. And then Cinnabon—so during the mating, apparently, they share magic. And so she should be able to control some of his powers. But that's something that usually takes a pretty significant amount of time. But obviously— in this case, Cinnamon calls Jimmy's magic to create shadows herself to, like, throw off the evil witch and destroys the chalice. However, the witch still has the one body, so she's destroyed all the stuff that makes her immortal. And like all the separate containers okay, so for her soul. Okay, so essentially,
1: we got rid of all of the Horcruxes.
2: Yes, but we still have the one body. So
1: we did rip off Harry Potter slightly.
2: We did. Okay. Um. And so then, um. Cinnabon is also injured, and then Jimmy kills the witch, absorbing all of her power. Um. And then one of the remaining heroes. So there are four. So the the two from her village are like, oh shit. Like, this is not a goddess. Like, this is not a good situation. We should help Cinnamon. And then one of the remaining heroes is like, this bitch tried to kill our goddess. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And tries to kill her. So then Jimmy kills him. Like, rips off his head. And then he goes after the other two village idiots. But then Cinnamon protects them. Jimmy grabs her, flies away, tells her, just have a nice nap, babe. Like, just have a nap. And so then she wakes up a few days later. We're almost to the end. She wakes up a few days later back on the island where their mating was officially consummated. And um, he used the the magic that he absorbed from the witch to, like, build them a house and, like, have a nice place for them to stay. Um, He made her a crab boil because he was paying attention when she was making her crawdad boil. And so he was like— I paid attention. I made you
1: food. Did they have all of the necessary seasoning? They did. Oh, thank God.
2: So then um, he tells her that he wanted her to sleep for a few days because um, he didn't want her to see how upset he was about the whole situation with her being injured. And that also he just wants to keep her on the island for a few years until she gets mastery over his powers and can protect herself better. And she's like, um, can't you just make me a shield? Like, you shielded yourself. Is this the only option? Yeah. She's like, you shielded yourself, jackass. Like, can you not shield me? And he's like, I'm an idiot. Yes, I can do that. She's like, I know.
1: I know. That's why that's our new game plan.
2: And so they bang. It's actually super hot because they're having this whole conversation, whatever. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Now flip me over and tell me I'm a good girl. And I'm like, God damn. Good for you, girl. Okay, get it. So then epilogue, three months later, she gets home finally. Um, Very happy family reunion. Everybody's very happy to see her. Everything is great. Um, and that's the end. And, you know, I really did enjoy this book very much. I will say I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more development for the side characters. Because mm-hmm. I got, even with, like, the brief moments with Usha and Brie and Ambrose and Felix and everything, like, I got kind of invested You're in like, them.
1: oh, I want to know how they're doing. Yeah. yeah.
2: I was like, wait a minute. Like— Do Ambrose and Usha get together? Because I hope so. Like, I hope that they're happy. Is it going to be a series? Yes. This is the first one. Um, But still, like, normally in series where it's, like, a standalone for each couple, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more of something.
1: There's something that's, like, leading you and being like, oh, I can't wait for Mm -hmm. when their book drops.
2: Exactly. Instead of just, like, what?
1: Yeah. I mean, this one sounded super fun.
2: It was really—it was a really— Excellent vacation read. Mm. You know, it, I never had any doubt that our main characters were going to get together and have a happily ever after. There was never any like super angst where I was concerned about anybody's safety, mm. but it did have enough intrigue to keep me like and it was engaged. Funny. It was funny. It was really funny.
1: So, okay, um, what would we rate it then?
2: I'm going to say. Four out of five crawfish.
1: Well, those are pretty small. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just more? Cheese crawfish? wheels. Cheese. How many <laughs> wheels of Gouda? <laughs> how, many- how many fondue pots?
2: Ooh. How many fondue pots? Um, I'm gonna go with like eight and a half out of ten full fondue pots.
1: That's a great review. Thank you. I I love fondue. I can fuck up some dippable chocolates and
2: cheeses. 100%. And I really did. Like, this was an enjoyable read. Like, there were some things that I wish were a little bit more. It was a short book. Mm-hmm. So there were things that I wish that she had gone into a little bit more. Uh, but again, like, it was a really fun read. Um, And the story was interesting, and the characters were funny, and the dialogue was good. So, yeah. Eight full fondue pots, one half fondue pot out of ten.
1: When I used to work psychiatric crisis, (laughs) my supervisor was a magician on the side, and one of his, like, standing gigs was at the melting pot (laughs) as a magician.
2: Is, is, is... The fondue not magic enough. Like.
1: <laughs> you need a card trick and a balloon animal on top of that? I mean, I don't. Ah, um, no, I think eight and a half fondue pots is a great rating, especially because like fondue is versatile. You have plenty of types. Each pot could be filled with a different. type of cheese. cheese. Or chocolate. Uh, damn. I could fuck up some (laughs) fun. I was just thinking that. All right. (laughs) I think I want some cheese. We're going to go find now because I think we made ourselves (laughs) hungry. So this one sounds fun. I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited for this author as they are dropping more stuff and I can't wait to read it in the future.
2: Yep. 100%. So thank you all for joining us for this review of uh, That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon
1: by Kimberly Lemming. Thank you. Yeah. We hope you have a great day, Smut Sluts.
2: <laughs> or Smut Puppies, depending on where you're at.
1: Or Slut Pups. Was that the third one? <laughs> yes. We're not going to remember all of these. <laughs> Choose your own name. We hope you have a great day. Bye.
0: Next week on Smut Club.
3: I'm here it? to provide the perspective of someone. I have never read. No, okay. I'm lying. After middle school, I have not read any Smut. Hold Hold
1: Pause, 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 pause. Time out and rewind. When you say. Thank you. You were reading smut. Oh, yeah. In middle school. What kind? Um, So,
3: okay. This is going to be very specific, but okay. So let me see if I can find it. It's called like A Hustler's Wife. (laughs) <laughs> Hold up. You, you read a book called a hustler. I don't hear I don't Hold think up. you need to find yes, it. Yes, by think... Nikki Turner. By <laughs> Nikki Turner. Anyone who knows those hood classics from back in the day. Yes, because there was A Hustler's Wife and then there was Forever a Hustler's Wife, The Autobiography of a Hustler's Wife. So
1: this was the first smut you've read since middle school. Absolutely. When you read a Hustler's so Wife. I and can... these are the
3: the like images. Did of your
1: mother know I... you were reading these,
3: Carrie? Well, no, cuz we would go to Barnes and Noble and then in this would be in the African American book section would be these books and so me and my sisters would buy them and we would just swap them out and they were okay, I don't want to be disrespectful. They weren't the best, but they were disgusting. And so, y'all didn't read smut books in middle school?
1: No. 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 Can't say I did. <laughs>
0: That's it for this week's Mud Sluts. We hope it was good for you, because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show, wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.